When you think about God, what three adjectives come to mind? Would you use the word kind to describe God? Well, this is The Christian Working Woman, and I'm Julie Busteed. Today, Lisa Bishop is going to talk about the kindness of God and how we're to emulate Christ by being ambassadors of kindness. So, you know, Lisa, if you think about it, in a world filled with division and strife, the loving kindness of Christ is the antidote. Oh, that's so good, Julie. The, you know, the kindness of God, it is an expression of His love that heals wounds, reconciles relationships, and can bring hope to the hopeless. I really think that God's kindness transforms our lives. And, you know, as His followers, we really have the privilege and the responsibility to dispense kindness to people, whether it be at work or at home in our schools and communities, really to everyone around us. <laughs> and being kind can be hard, especially when you're prone to being irritated, easily angered, or impatient with people. Oh, that's so true. And certainly true for me. You know, kindness isn't always my default, but as followers of Jesus, kindness, it's actually not a suggestion. We're <laughs> called to show the glory and kindness of God through our words, our actions, and our behaviors. Right. Yeah, that's not always easy, but you're right. It is who we are called to be. So I'm looking forward to hearing more. Thanks, Julie. Well, before we dive into Scripture to see what the Bible teaches us about the attributes of kindness, I have a serious question for you. Have you jumped on the Wordle bandwagon yet? Okay, that question was not a serious one, but if you don't know what Wordle is, it's a web-based word game where players have six attempts to guess a five-letter word. Now, several of my family members have been playing, and we've created a text chain to share our results each day. Sometimes someone gets really lucky, they guess the five-letter word in two tries, or other times it can take four five or six guesses, and if you fail to guess the word in six tries, you essentially lose the game. It's quite nerve-wracking if I do say so myself, especially when you get to the fifth try and your wordle fate hangs in the balance. Will I guess the word in six tries or fall off the wordle cliff in defeat? The stakes are higher when playing with other people who are all vying for who can guess the word in the fewest attempts. So, what does Wordle have to do with the kindness of God? Well, unlike Wordle, God is not six tries and you're out. No matter how many times you fail, falter, or flub, the loving kindness of God lavishes all who love and follow Jesus. So if you've ever felt like you've gotten on God's last nerve or this time he's really going to come down hard on you, it's simply not true. While you may at times feel like God is a punitive God, he's not. This false belief is something that I wrestle with, and I can still find it hard to grasp that God's not mad at me when I screw up, or that he's not going to hold my ungodly words or actions over my head as leverage to get me to do better. Now, don't get me wrong, there is a consequence to sin. When we act in ways that are unbecoming of a follower of Jesus, and when others sin, there are ramifications. The kindness of God is not a blank check for sin. It doesn't condone sin or give license to indulge in or overlook it. Romans 2.4 says, Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that His kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? God's goodness is meant to lead you and I to repentance, a change of heart, and a turning away from self to making an about face towards God. 
And this is not God penalizing you. It's actually very loving of God because he knows that when you and I live in holiness and according to his perfect will, that is where true freedom and joy are found. Sometimes we confuse the impact of our actions in the aftermath of poor choices with punishment from God. When we experience pain, frustration, failure, disappointment, and disillusionment in life, we often default to blaming him. When things don't go the way we want, we can sometimes neglect to see our part in the misgivings. Now, hear me when I say that not everything bad or undesirable that happens in your life is a result of your poor actions and decisions. The reality is we live in a corrupt world, and our actions and the sinful actions of others have an impact. What I am suggesting is that we often have a wrong view of God. We think that he's unloving, harsh, punitive, and unkind, just waiting to whack us when we veer off track. But the Bible tells something different about the character of God, and it's super important that you and I have a correct view of God because what we believe about God will determine how we live. Your understanding of God's nature and his disposition towards you as his child will impact how you see yourself and in turn how you treat other people. So let's take a look at some truths of the character of God that we often overlook and implications for you as one who has been ransomed, redeemed, and made righteous in Christ. Throughout the Old and New Testament, we see the words kindness and loving kindness used to describe the mercy, goodness, and gentleness of God. And in Psalm 63.3, we hear, Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips will praise you. Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. One of the most profound demonstrations of God's kindness is found in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. In Romans 5, 8, it says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In the Gospel of John, we find these powerful words from Jesus. Greater love has none than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Now these verses speak volumes about the loving kindness of Christ. He didn't just teach about love, he demonstrated it through his actions, ultimately sacrificing his life on the cross for your salvation. Jesus' loving kindness isn't reserved for the righteous or deserving. In fact, it's quite the opposite. He reached out to the marginalized, the sinners, and the outcasts, offering love and forgiveness. He dined with tax collectors, healed the sick, and embraced those whom society had rejected. Jesus is love and knows no boundaries, and his kindness knows no limits. He didn't wait for you to become perfect or deserving. He extended his grace to you as a free gift. And his grace, it never runs out for you. So even if you're currently finding yourself stuck in patterns of ungodly behavior, God isn't looking down at you as a judge. He is looking into your eyes, face to face, with the eyes of love, mercy, and tenderness. God is not a critic. Jesus is filled with compassion. He doesn't say, why can't you get it right? He doesn't condemn you. He says, hey, kiddo, let me help you out. Let that sink in. In what area of your life 
do you need to fully receive and let the unconditional kindness of God envelop you? Your ability to receive the kindness of God will impact your ability to display the kindness of Jesus. And God's kindness, it's not a one-time offering. It's a continuous, unending flow of grace and mercy, as Lamentations 3 tells us. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. This reassures you that every day you wake up, God is eager to shower you with His kindness and compassion. And as an ambassador of Christ, you and I are called to extend the same kindness to others that we have received in Him. And I know it's hard, especially when you're treated in an unfair, unkind way. But that's why we're called to be countercultural. In a world that's often marked by harshness and indifference, the loving kindness of Christ towards us who believe is a profound aspect of our faith. And as we're recipients of such unmerited kindness, we get to be the agents of compassion and grace and gentleness to everyone. Where do you tend to withhold kindness from others? Just as Jesus does not measure the amount of kindness he extends to us based on our behavior, we're to follow his lead. And this is only possible by the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. So often we try to muster up our own strength or exercise human restraint to display kindness, but you and I need the divine power of God to help us. 2 Peter 1 reminds us that his divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. So can I give you a little encouragement? Stop relying on your own strength. Pray and ask the Holy Spirit for help. When a coworker is getting on your last nerve or you've had it up to here with your kids, ask the Holy Spirit to help you dole out patience. In moments when you're inclined to fire back with an unkind word to a friend, spouse, or stranger, hold your tongue and ask the Holy Spirit to help you exercise holy restraint. The Holy Spirit is your counselor and guide, so start inviting Him to do the internal work in you through His loving kindness so that you will be an overflow of His kindness to others. You know, Proverbs 19.22 says, What is desired in a man is kindness. We all desire kindness. I know I do, and it's often my pride, self-righteousness, or sometimes cranky mood that wants to withhold it from others. Have you seen the Soup Guy Seinfeld episode where Jerry Seinfeld and George are ordering soup at a soup stand? George complains about not receiving bread with his meal, and when he presses the issue, the Soup Guy with a deep sternness says, no soup for you. I often want to tell people, no kindness for you. Because I'm granting kindness based on my estimations of a person's worthiness, and that's not my right or yours. I also think we withhold grace from people as a form of control. Somehow we think that being mean or unkind will make people do what we want them to do, and maybe it will for a time or two, but it's not love that's actually manipulation. Ephesians 4 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. God's kindness should serve as our model for how we treat other people. In a world that is filled with uncertainty, hardships, and suffering, the kindness of God is a reminder that no matter what we do or what we face, we serve a God who cares for us deeply, and we get to be His ambassadors of kindness, doing the same for others. As followers of Jesus, we are called to be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love 
as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So let's live our lives in gratitude for the incredible kindness of God. Let his loving kindness transform your heart. Share his love and grace with those around you, regardless of their background, beliefs, or actions. It's through your actions that you can reveal his kindness to the world. And in times of doubt or struggle, remember that you serve a God whose kindness is unending, whose love is unwavering, and whose mercy is boundless. Well, thanks for joining me today. You know, the goal of this ministry is to equip, encourage, and empower you with biblical principles in the workplace and in life. So be sure to visit our website at christianworkingwoman.org for more resources to build your faith. And I want to personally invite you to join me for a two-day leadership training called Leadership Unleashed. It's designed to help you grow as a leader. So whether you lead in the marketplace or vocational ministry, in a schoolroom or boardroom, don't miss this opportunity to unleash your potential and break through to new levels of leadership impact. For more information, you can go to doyoulalu.com. It's D-O-Y-O-U-L-A-L-U.com. And you can use the promo code CWW to receive a $50 discount. I hope I get to see you there. Thanks so much, Lisa. Did you know that copies of our devotionals are always available on our website at christianworkingwoman.org? There you'll also find many resources that will encourage and equip you as a workplace Christian. And if you're looking for a community to study the Bible with, you're invited to join our Zoom Bible study. We meet on Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. and anyone's welcome to join at any time. These evenings are always a highlight of each week as we seek to grow in our faith together. Visit our website at christianworkingwoman.org to register today. And we'll see you Tuesday. Did you know that we're on YouTube? Every week we're adding new videos from Mary Lohman and Lisa Bishop and others. Here you'll find encouragement as you seek to grow in your faith. You can find us by searching Christian Working Woman on YouTube. Thanks so much for listening today. We're so glad you're a part of our community. We look forward to being with you next week for The Christian Working Woman. Christian Working Woman